Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. The world is in turmoil, and it seems to get worse every week. I, I smile as I say this uh, because I still rather be talking about these things than Donald Trump for four consecutive years. Uh, these are normal things that we're experiencing now. War here, war there, maybe. Republicans, Democrats, Supreme Court appointees. We may not agree with each other. I may not like some of the things happening, as you may not like them either or do approve. But it's normal problems, normal conflict. Uh, now, tonight, tonight we're not going to go out of, outside the United States very much. We're going to make a st- quick stop in the Ukraine and um, a little more than a quick stop in Ottawa. Otherwise, we're going to be going to Key West, the state of Florida, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, Munson Island, and Orlando. Let's begin tonight with traffic in Key West. It may seem like a mon- mundane topic to you. It's a big problem and, t- and item of discussion here in Key West, and it's the same from what I understand all over the country. Uh, I can recall 30 years ago uh, when I had a decision to make. Where was I going to buy my vacation home in Florida, in what city, uh, and why? The, the choice was between Naples and Key West. I had reasons to like both. I had reasons to dislike both. Uh, the One of the reasons I disliked Naples was the traffic. This is 30 years ago. It was horrendous. Oh, my God, it took forever to go someplace. I mean, you had to add an hour, an hour and a half on to your dinner time. You had to leave to go to dinner uh, that early uh, because traffic was crazy. And Key West had next to no traffic. Appreciate this island is only two by four miles. 30 years ago, 25 years ago, you could go from one place to another in 10 minutes on this island. I kid you not, 10 minutes. Now you're lucky in off-season, because there really is no off-season. It's a 20 to 30-minute jaunt. Uh, and God help you if there's an accident someplace, you'll be sitting for three or four hours. So traffic is getting horrendous. The reason I raise it, the local newspaper is the Key West Citizen, and every morning they run a column called The Citizen's Voice. And it's a place where residents or even tourists write in one or two sentences to complain about something. And one of the comments this morning concerned traffic in Key West. And it was, I quote, the traffic on this island is insane. And I totally and absolutely agree with it. Uh, you know, 30 years ago, the traffic was quiet, and the nightlife and activity in every regard on the island was equally quiet. It was sedate. Today, the traffic is out of sight. Parking's a pain in the ass, if you'll excuse me. And there is no quiet nightlifers or sedate life, nightlife, as I like to put it. People don't come down here for that anymore. They don't come for rest and relaxation, raise a little bit hell in a bar at night. They come for a real wild time, which has changed the flavor of the community dramatically. It's also changed the flavor of the people who come to visit. Uh, it's not the same. I know 
change is one of the uh, constants in life, that and death, and there is change constantly, but it's been too much and too dramatic in Key West, and the traffic is an absolute total pain in the ass, if you excuse my English. Want to talk about gasoline prices in, in Florida, in Florida. Since 2014, that's eight years ago, the price of gasoline is the highest it has ever been. Since that date, the highest in eight years. Now, a couple of weeks ago, the price of gasoline jumped in one week, 12 cents a gallon. The next week, it jumped 12 cents a gallon again. And that means over a two-week period, a a 48-cent jump in the price of gasoline. It's horrible, okay? Research I did on this issue indicates that the average price of a gallon of gasoline in Florida is $3.47 a gallon. Uh, But it's expected to go higher than $3.47. The price of crude oil, okay, has risen $6 in, in one week. Now, if the price of gasoline, the price of crude oil is sustained, all right, it, the experts say, the economists who understand the price of gasoline, crude oil, and all this, say it could trigger a 10 to 15 cent hike in the next few weeks. And it would also result in crude being in excess of $90 a barrel, and that is high. We've lived through $40 a barrel, my friends, and that was nice. Now it's back over $90 a barrel. Now, the most important thing to share with you is the average cost of a gallon of gas for the state of Florida is $3.47. For the last two months, we in Key West, our price has remained fixed. Four dollars and twenty-five cents a gallon. That's a buck more, a dollar more than the state average. Why is this so? They're always saying to us when we complain, "Oh, well, you know, you're at the southernmost point. We have to traffic. We don't have to bring truckloads of gas down to your stations." Well, you know, one thing I don't understand: if I drive fifteen miles up US one. The price of a gallon of gasoline drops from four and a quarter, okay, to under four dollars a gallon. All right, and it gets cheaper as you go up the keys. Uh, by mid keys, it's uh, you know it's probably three dollars and forty seven cents. However, when you get further north in the keys, for some reason, it shoots back up over four dollars. It's just not right. It's not fair. It doesn't make sense. This issue I'm going to deal with now is probably. The most important issue we are being confronted with today, more important in my opinion than what is going on in the Ukraine. And what am I talking about? You've read that over this weekend, a truck convoy, okay, a truck convoy uh, went to Ottawa, okay, tractor trailers from all over Canada. I don't know how many in number, 500, 1,000, there's a multitude. They're covering miles of main highways, uh, at curb to curb, besides covering every lane, they're also curb or shoulder to shoulder, nobody can get by, and their trucks have been there, they still haven't left, and today's Tuesday, it looks like they're in there for a reason and for, to make a point. The, the purpose, it was announced, for the trip was to complain about 
the mandated about mandated vaccines they are opposed the truck drivers of canada are opposed to a vaccine mandate which canada had last week and still has to a certain extent now there is an irony to this whole thing and what i'm going to share with you now shows the big lie that they presented do you know (laughs) and this is fact you can check it out 90 percent of the people I'm not talking about kids five and under, but 90% of the people in Canada have been vaccinated. You heard me. That's way better than the United States. So why are they protesting mandated vaccines? They just picked an issue out of the air. air. These people are your neo-Nazis. These people are your QAnons. These people are those organized groups that were in Washington on January 6th protesting. They're the bad people, okay? They're trying to save in the United States January 6th. And for some reason, they're trying to help Canada. I don't know why, because they still haven't deviated. They're there to get rid of the mandated vaccine thing. Now, what's happening in Ottawa? What has happened in Ottawa is happening throughout the world, Europe being the world for the moment besides Canada and the United States and Australia. For example, this past weekend, there were trailer truck demonstrations, truck uh, convoys in Australia, New Zealand, and in Alaska, one of the 50 states, part of the United States, there was a demonstration in the streets of one of their cities, I forget which one this past weekend, a one-day demonstration. Now, what makes this whole thing even more interesting are there are major Republicans in the United States who have been announcing yesterday and today they support, they support the Canadian truckers. And why? Because these Canadian truckers really represent the far right in Canada, politically, as those people in the United States, as Republican legislators, who are saying we support our Canadian brothers, okay? Uh, in Alaska, the mayor of the particular city the demonstration was in, uh, his name's David Brownson, uh, Bronson rather, and one of the United States senators from Alaska. Uh, what the hell is his name? Excuse me for swearing. Daniel, 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 no. Sullivan, Dan Sullivan. Dan Sullivan comes back to me. I apologize. They were there getting support to the demonstration in Alaska that was there to support their Canadian brethren who didn't agree with the vaccination mandate 90% in Canada. And Donald Trump's got into this thing, okay? And Governor DeSantis from Florida here, they both support what's going on in Canada. And there will be more. These are, again, far-right extremists, okay? And these are the people who conspire threats, who are anti-government, anti-government extremists. Uh, and just like we have in the United States, they're going to... They're going to be in Canada now being a pain. And they're going to be in France. They're going to be in Germany. They're going to be in England. They're going to be all over in the next two or three weeks. This 
reminds me of communism. i got to put it this way. I gave it some thought today. Uh, back when uh, I was in high school and college, so we're talking the 50s into the we're talking the 50s. Communism was a grave danger. We were afraid of it here because Russia had the atomic bomb. We had the atomic bomb. We were at each other's throats. I mean, we thought in the United States any day there could be a war. Who was going to drop the bomb first? And everyone is afraid in school. In school, all right, children were taught how to get under their desks if there was going to be an air raid. Uh, I lived 14 miles from a SAC base, Griffiths Air Force Base in Rome. One of the first places that would be hit with a nuclear weapon would be that base. We would be destroyed in my hometown of Utica. Uh, So it was a matter of grave concern. Then you had Senator McCarthy, who found communists every place in the United States. People talked about it. A lot of good people became communists. They believed in the communist theory, the communist way of life. Uh, I doubt there are any, very few left today. And many of them got caught and took a beating for it, in effect. Uh, so, this is what I, I this is what I envision this thing to be, and it's going to spread worldwide as communism did. Communism ultimately was defeated. This too, hopefully, will be defeated because I've never seen anything like January sixth and what's happening here and other places in my life. Now, let me share some other things with this trucker convoy. Uh, the mayor of Ottawa said, and I quote: "This is a." nationwide insurrection he felt there was a state of emergency and he declared that that he declared an emergency a state of emergency declaring the tank the trucks the truck convoy was and i quote an occupation the police chief is concerned he says there is a problem local law enforcement was and i quote never intended to deal with a city under siege. Think about it. Think about the problems we've had in this country in the last few years. A city under siege. Do we really know how to deal with it here? And Canadians, by the way, by their very nature, don't pussyfoot around. They're already out there arresting people. They don't screw around. But as the, as the chief of police said, we don't have the resources and the legal authority, okay, to disperse the protest. We don't have the legal authority to go in and break these trucks up. So what are they doing? Trucks need fuel. These people are living in their trucks. And, and, you know, the the tractor portion of the tractor trailer is big. It's got a bed behind the front seat. It's big enough for two. Uh, These guys sleep over when they're on the road. And... uh, but you've got to keep warm. There's snow right now in all these trucks sitting up there in Ottawa because there's been snow the last few days sitting right on the trucks and on, the, on the, 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 the fields next to the trucks and the areas next to the trucks. But these guys are sleeping in their trucks, <laughs> and they're, they're running out of fuel. The fuel situation is becoming desperate. People started bringing fuel into them, people who support them but are not part of the convoy. Over the weekend, Ottawa passed a local law. People are now being arrested if they try to bring fuel in in a can or in any other fashion to the truckers. They're trying to bring pressure upon them to uh, 
get them to leave. And you can't have somebody just in the middle leave. It's got to be an organized withdrawal because there's no way to go around these trucks or anything else. Everybody's got to go at one time. There's also a food problem and a water problem that's going to get more severe. Arrests have already begun over the weekend, by the way, not just for fuel, but for any reason that is legal to proceed with in an attempt to break up what is going on in Ottawa. Beware, my friends, there's going to be more Ottawas, and Ottawa ain't going away this week, I don't think. Okay, let's see here. Friday. The National Republican Party, these are all good people. The, the Republicans at one time were very good people. i got to tell you something. I can't believe how they've changed. Uh, they were God-fearing people. They still say they're God-fearing. I question whether they are in reality. But anyhow, they censured Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, uh, who are sitting on the January 6th committee, and said that Trump, is responsible for January 6th. They censured them. Uh, they wanted to throw them out of the party, but they couldn't get enough votes, so they censured them and got all the votes, all the Republican votes. In the instrument that they passed, okay, in the instrument they passed, they had the following verbiage, that January 6th was a, and I quote, legitimate political discourse. A legitimate political discourse. Now, you've seen January 6th on television. We've seen it so many times, different films taken from different videos from different areas. Every couple of days a new one comes out we haven't seen. Does that look like a legitimate political discourse? That looks like war to me, okay? Uh, and, but they're trying to BS the public in this country into believing it was really nothing bad that happened. Groceries. Forget the price. <laughs> groceries keep going up. I, I really, this is amazing. Uh, the price of groceries, it seems like every week everything seems to go up. It's only a few pennies, a few pennies, but it adds up. And you don't buy as many groceries as today as you did even a year from now for the same dollar. Anyhow, I have my groceries delivered. I am 86 years old. I am afraid of uh, the pandemic. I honestly have heard it. If you recall, I self-quarantined myself for 342 days the first time, did not leave the house. Then last summer they said, oh, things are getting better. You can take off your mask, etc." I did it for about four to six weeks. I took off my mask. I had all the shots, by the way. I got them all. I got the booster. And I went out. And then all of a sudden the numbers went up again. Things weren't all right. Like now they're saying things are getting better. You can take off. Some people are taking off their masks. The government is saying in some places you can take off your mask because the numbers are getting better. Some schools, the kids don't have to wear their masks. Uh, now, how does this affect groceries? We know that there has been a supply problem. And I get my groceries delivered. That's why I told you the story. Uh, and I will do it the rest of my life, though it's such a convenience. Same girl delivers my groceries. She's part of the public system, uh, but she delivers them every weekend. This weekend when she came, I had next to nothing. I mean, every week there's this or that that she, she tells me it's not on the shelf. 
I had pictures in my daily blog two weeks ago that she presented to me because I didn't believe the shelves could be that empty, and I ran them in my blog. The shelves are empty for a lot of goods. Anyhow, I only got about half of my groceries that I had ordered this weekend. She says, don't even ask me why. You know what? They're not there. They're just the food or whatever it is is not coming in. This is not only is it expensive what's left to buy. What you want to buy is not all there. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day was last week. Let me tell you something about Groundhog Day. I find this very interesting. You know, they tell us, understand this first, please. The groundhog who comes out to see his shadow is never a female. It's always a male. It's always referred to as he. And when you read about groundhogs in this thing, it's already always a he, never a she. Now, I just share this with you. Well, the true story is the groundhog doesn't come out to see if he sees his shadow and whether, you know, we're going to have another six weeks of winter or spring's going to come and he can stay out of his hole. He could care less. Here's what happens with the groundhog. In the fall, he burrows into the earth and makes a hole, and he goes to sleep. He hibernates for several months, just like bears do. He, and you know, say you see, because they always talk about it. He hibernates for several months, and about this time every year, he comes out of his hole. All right? He don't care if the sun's out. He don't care if it's cold. He comes out because he's looking for a female groundhog. He wants to have sex. That is the reason, my friends. Research it. You'll see. He comes out because he's looking for sex. The reason he goes back in his hole sometimes is because if he comes out and doesn't see a female groundhog, he, don't forget he's weak, he's tired, he hasn't eaten, he's lost a few pounds. He goes back in his hole and sleeps a little while longer. That's the story why the groundhog comes. The real story. The true story. Leaning Tower Pizza. Uh, you know, Leaning Tower Pizza, we, we've known about this for years, over in Italy, excuse me, it leans, uh, and it isn't that big, it's only 185 feet high. Well, we have a Leaning Tower of San Francisco, we rarely hear about it. It was news to me, there is a Leaning Tower, it's not a 180, Leaning Hotel, a ritzy, okay, Uh Glitzy also is the term used. Millennium Tower. It's a residence, and it's 645 feet tall, not 185 like pizzas. And uh, it's also 58 stories high. Well, something, and it, it only was built a few years ago. I, I forget what the year was that it was constructed here. Uh, but it keeps leaning. And it leans about, it was started leaning it leans at about three inches a year. However, one year, a few years ago, they wanted to correct the leaning. That's a lot. You know, they're, they're leaning right now someplace in the 30 inches total. Uh, every year, three inches more. When it gets to 40 inches, okay, they've announced that the elevators, the elevators won't be working. And the reason the elevators won't be working is because the way the building is leaning, okay? So they got, they got their friend, that problem confronted, uh, or they're going to be confronted with. Not only the elevators, but the plumbing won't work for the same reason. About uh, a few years ago, they tried to fix the tilt. 
They spent four hours, and that was it, because in those four hours, the building by itself leaned 10 inches at one time. That's part of the 30-some-odd inches it's presently leaning. Uh, they say they've got the problem solved. Uh, now, you understand, if the building's leaning at the top, it's, it's going the other way on the bottom. The bottom isn't straight of the building under the ground. That's leaning in one direction, the top in the opposite direction. They're going to start the renovation this fall. The engineers, et cetera, are convinced they can take care of it. All they have to do, the solution, is 18-foot steel pipes, 18-foot steel pipes, will be installed in the bedrock 250 feet below the building. <laughs> what a job this is going to be. Steel pipes are going to be installed in the bedrock 250 feet under the tower. I wish them good luck, but there is a leaning tower in the United States. Why we don't hear more about it, I don't know. The New York Times, in an opinion piece this past weekend, uh, wrote one of their articles they wrote concerns the Ukraine, and they advised that if there is an invasion by Russia into the Ukraine, uh, two things are definitely going to happen. As many as 50,000 people will die in a very short time. This includes military, but includes civilians more. About 50,000 people are going to die almost immediately. And the other thing is a refugee problem is going to occur immediately, is going to occur promptly, which means these people in the Ukraine are going to be running out of there, going to other countries in Europe. They're saying all countries in the articles I read, uh, which is going to cause a refugee problem, a refugee crisis all throughout Europe. Senator John Kennedy, Mississippi, a bigot. I don't think he likes black people, people of color. Anyhow, he's upset because Biden uh, has said he's going to appoint a black woman to be the next Supreme Court justice. Uh, and to show you that he is a bigot, he said, he announced that <laughs> to put a black woman on the Supreme Court, okay, a black woman shouldn't be because she won't know, and I quote, a law book from a J. Crew catalog. A law book from a J. Crew catalog. It's amazing, isn't it? Racism exists to this day in Mississippi. The Civil War never got rid of the problem. Big money with Super Bowl this weekend. Do you know that the cost of a 30-second ad at halftime Someone advertising for 30 seconds at halftime during Super Bowl. The cost is $7 million for the ad. Oh, my God. $7 million for a 30-second advertising ad. We've passed 900,000 COVID deaths. I think as of today, it's 930,000 COVID deaths. Obviously, we're going to go past a million. They're telling us things are getting better, deaths are fewer, et cetera, et cetera. But we heard all this last summer. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I'm, 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 I'm concerned. That's why I'm back into self-quarantine again, which I, I find I'm, I don't like anymore. It's over 100 days now. I did go out Saturday night to dinner. I wrote about it in my blog, uh, but I went out. I, I ate it. 
outdoors with some friends who were in town, had eight outdoors, eight, left, came home. Wouldn't hug, wouldn't kiss, didn't shake hands. You may think I'm paranoid. I am about this particular situation. The national debt this past week exceeded for the first time $30 trillion. Here's all I want to say. We owe all this money. The United States owes all this money. And look at all the money we keep spending. And it doesn't seem to hurt us. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Not that we should keep spending it. I think you've got to balance the checkbook at some point. Clinton did it at one point. But that's wild, $30 trillion. Um, that's the blog. That's the blog. That's the blog talk radio show for this week. This week. Uh, I enjoy doing this show. Interesting. The people who listen to this show are not the same people who read my blog every day. Isn't that wild? Some do. But overall... There's a totally different group of people who listen to the show and do not read the morning blog, etc., and vice versa. So whatever it is, I thank you for joining me. The numbers keep going up. I love the show. I love doing it. And again, I say thank you, and till next week, good night.